Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I am your host, Tyler, and I think, I think... I'm finally over my cold. I think I had the bubonic plague. It wasn't COVID, but it felt like more than a cold, Charlie. You're very dramatic. I, and it was just a cold, but like I guess I've had a, I haven't been sick in a while because like during COVID we couldn't go anywhere, so you could just never got sick. So it's been a minute, and it's like, dang, this is not fun. And I and when you run a podcast and you have to record, you sound terrible. It's just it's not good. But I think I'm back to 100. percent But back with me today to make our week 10 picks of the week as you have already kind of introduced yourself, is my co-host, Charlie. And Charlie, like last week, it was a it was a solid week for us, right? From a picks perspective. Can you recap it? Because I don't remember. Yeah, I will do that later. You uh, you went five and three. I'll, I'll go ahead and spoil that. You went five okay. and three. I went four and four. Um, we'll talk about what happened and how you were able to get a one-up on me last week. It was, um, there were a bunch of bad beats last week. I being excited about it, but I, oh, okay, yeah. I yeah, remember. yeah. It was a pretty bad beat there. Uh, there was a, there were a couple of bad beats, like an all-time epic bad beat. Did you catch that Florida State-Clemson game? I did not. I caught it the next day. I literally walked back to the hotel and was at the bar watching the very end of the Clemson game, right after our game. I walked in the bar, and what they had on was the that final play that Florida State was trying to run, the, the hook and ladder, that whole nine yards, and they were just laddering all over the place. And I saw that happen, and I didn't have money on that game, thank God. But I instantly said... When Clemson scored that touchdown, picked it up, and rolled in the end zone, I said, oh my God, this is the worst beat of all time if you got money on Florida State. And that was pretty bad. And I lost one on maybe not quite as bad of a beat, but still a really weird, strange beat. We'll get to that later. But Charlie, before we get to our picks, the college football playoff rankings, the initial rankings came out Tuesday night. I know that's kind of been buried under the Braves winning the World Series. Congratulations, Braves. That's awesome. I hope everyone's really excited about that. They won the World Series? <clears throat> yeah, Charlie, I know baseball's not your thing. The Braves won the World Series. And look, I I used to be a really big Braves fan growing up. Um, I still like the Braves. I cheer for the Braves. I want the Braves to win. But it's not as big of a deal for me Did they win anymore. it in Atlanta or were they in Houston? They were in Houston. Okay. They oh, were that's in a bummer. Yeah, they they did. They had a chance to close it out in Atlanta in Game Five, and they couldn't quite get that done. They hit a grand slam in the first inning in Game Five, and somehow blew that game because we had a bullpen game. Do you know what that means? A bullpen game. Someone recently explained it to me. So you are not aware. Your best pitchers. Yeah, well, yeah, just not starters, and they were all yeah. 
well, the starters are the pitchers. best pitchers. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Typically, that's the case. I don't understand baseball. Yeah, and that's why it's not a big deal for you. And look, I, 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 I again, I'm very excited that the Braves won, but I don't follow them as closely. I'm not as invested as I used to be. Um, I'm really kind of, I've kind of moved away from pro sports in general. I'm, I'm much more of a college guy, but I'm very excited the Braves won. I know I'm not as excited as a lot of people out there, and I hope that you guys that are big time Braves fans and you're really invested, I hope you guys are living this up. I know it's been a long time, and I understand why that might have been in the forefront of your mind, but in our little glory UGA world, Charlie, the college football playoff reveal was a much bigger deal, right? Obviously. No, I mean, it's just the first reveal, it's the first set of rankings that come out, and it always changes up. I think there's in the history of the college playoffs, Charlie, do you know how many teams have been ranked number one in the initial rankings and finished the season as a national champion? No. Take a guess. I don't know. So it started in 2014. Give me a number. One. God dang it. I thought I would get you on this. Yes. Can you name that one team? Bama. No. Ba- Bama win. Ba- Bama's an easy guess because Bama always wins. 2004. 2014? 2015? Bama didn't win 2014. I don't remember. Bama 2020. Last year's Bama oh, team. Okay, the only yeah. team to go coast to coast as the number one team in the playoff yesterday, rankings. yesterday, so I can't remember 2014. That's not fair. That's a long time. Bama did not win 2014. I mean, I just have to the give you an idea memory there. of a goldfish, so. That's actually a myth. It's not a real thing. Okay. But people believe it, so we can well, go I with it. I still like the comparison because yes. I have Because no you like Ted Lasso, and Ted Lasso mentioned it, and so now you like that phrase. I have no memory. We'll just say that. Fair enough. All right. Yeah, and I understand that they all get kind of mushed together there. But yeah, there's been one team, Charlie, that has gone coast to coast as the number one team in the college football playoff rankings. And Charlie, this week, in these initial rankings, who was sitting there as the number one team in the country? Georgia. The Georgia Bulldogs, Charlie. The Georgia Bulldogs. It was a rhetorical question. Right. We all know that Georgia was that we were going to be number one. We all knew that. That was not surprising at all. There was no mystique or intrigue there. But there was some intrigue in how the rest of the Cottrell playoffs played out. And I know that we are a Georgia podcast, and you guys want you're you're tuning in to hear us talk about the Georgia Bulldogs. I understand that. I get that. We try to we try to give you all the Georgia content you can possibly imagine. But we also like to talk about some other things in the bigger world of college football. And the college football playoff rankings, it's a pretty big deal. So, Charlie, were you surprised at anything? What were your initial takeaways from the initial college football playoff rankings reveal? I had a few short takes. Oh, Charlie's got some takes. Oh. Wait, are, are, do you actually have notes? I do, because I had, again, I can't remember is anything. Is this the, I mean, I think this is the first time you've ever actually had, like, notes. I mean, you have, like. I'm pulling up. The, like when we're going through the, the questions and and we're right and the now. games, yes, we 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 you have notes, I guess, on that. But like in terms of like your analysis, I think this is a first for you. There, oh, Charlie, would you like okay. to see the rankings? Thank you. I'm bad at Google searches too now. And you're bad at using iPhones, apparently. Oh, thank yeah, technology. Who needs it? Um, um, everybody. I don't know. I kind of like MapQuest. You'd rather go back to the days we were printing off MapQuest and I mean, you're stapling the pages together. I mean, I. Like MapQuest. That's, and like our, our younger listeners are like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> but y'all, if you know, you know. <laughs> How do you know you were not born in the 2000s? I mean, it's a, it was an experience, the old MapQuest. Or I even the 90s, that. probably. I don't know. I was using MapQuest in like high school, like when me and my friends would go places for like go to concerts or whatever. We were like, all right, get a MapQuest, put out the directions, staple, boom, let's go, we got them. Hmm. 
Well, at least you stapled them in the correct order. Now, I didn't tell you when traffic got worse and didn't give you alternate directions, like, you know, when you hit traffic, but Can't it was follow something. the blue line. It was something. That's a luxury. It was something. Okay. Cincinnati's at number six, so they're never going to get in with what they have left on. Are you, you're, you're recording yourself. Dear God, Charlie. Dear God. I mean, now you're tweeting this out? No. Oh my God. I don't even know what you're doing right now. If you get a random tweet from the Glory UGA account, it's Charlie doing Put strange it, things. Yeah, I don't know. There we go. Can you look at that now? Well, don't cover my notes. Okay, well, I'm okay. okay. I'm going to sit it right here. So Cincinnati's number six. They're never going to get in considering what's on their schedule. So the playoff committee did that correctly to never let them in. I know you're very anti-Cincinnati. I am. But let's face it, it's all based off of money. Cincinnati's not going to bring enough money in. Do you think the playoff committee takes that into consideration? Absolutely. I think so too. Everything is about money. I think Come so on. too. And I don't I don't think it's like a directive necessarily, but I think there there's something like I don't know if it's like subliminal or if there's like messages sent as like subtle little hints, hey guys, like we need big time matchups. I don't know what it is, but like I do think if you look at the history of the cultural playoff rankings, you can't tell me that that doesn't factor in. Okay. Then Oklahoma is behind one loss Michigan. An undefeated Oklahoma. Or Oklahoma. Did I say Oklahoma? I've already forgotten what it is. Yeah, undefeated Oklahoma at number eight behind a one loss Michigan. Because that's just showing you the disrespect for the Big 12, which I totally agree with. Which is now, I mean, I guess with Oklahoma and Texas still in it, it's not a group of five conference. But I think the the committee, because they they kind of disrespected the Big 12 in general, I think they're basically saying, hey, Big 12, you're you're about to be a group five conference. So they're giving the group of five treatment. Right. Um, Does Wake have any chance if they win out? If they win out, if they go undefeated the rest of the way and win the ACC title? Yeah, I still don't think. they, They get in. If if they win out, you, they're gonna leave an undefeated ACC champion out. Mm. And I have a problem with this. Money. Like, fair enough. I I will grant. You, I don't think Wake's gonna go undefeated. I think Wake is incredibly good offensively. They're a sieve defensively. They're not good on defense. They might lose this week to North Carolina. I'm rooting which, for by them the way, to win out because I want to see absolute chaos. Did you know Wake and North Carolina? They're playing this week, right? Yeah. Do you know that's a non-conference game? They're playing that as a non-conference game. What? Yes. Both teams are in the ACC. What? They've been in the ACC for a long time. That's a non-conference game. How is it a non-conference game? Because they were not playing each other on the ACC rotation, right? Right. So they just because they're in opposite they're in opposite divisions. Uh So they signed a deal where they're gonna because it's a long-standing rivalry. They signed a deal where they're gonna play each other, but counted as at a conference games. So even if they lose North Carolina, it doesn't count against them the ACC race this week. Great. Yeah, That's they can hilarious. lose and it's a non-conference loss. That's funny. But I, but if they go undefeated, yeah, Charlie, this is the same. This is the problem I have with this. What was Wake Forest ranked? They were ranked like nine, ten. I think they were ten, right? They were nine. no, they were nine. They were nine. Okay, Wake Forest is nine. I know the ACC sucks. It's a weak conference. It's weak sauce, right? But it's the same weak conference that Clemson's beat up on every year for the past decade, right? Right. And Clemson has never been an undefeated Clemson team even though it was a terrible ACC schedule, was never ranked number nine in the initial and rankings. And if Wake Forest had the Clemson logo. That's what I'm saying. It's all about right. power brands. Like, wait, this is mad disrespectful. That's why Wake I Forest. said, if, even if they went out, they're not going to get in because it's a money factor. It's well, I will also say, I'll, I'll say this in defense of the committee. Wake Forest undefeated. They have been skating by a couple times. They barely beat Syracuse. They barely beat Army. Well, they scored a million points in Army, but they also gave up a million points to Army. So they barely beat, uh, I think it was Louisville, I want to say. So they've been, yeah, they, they, so they've been kind of skating by. They haven't been dominating teams like Clemson's dominating the ACC. But still, it's the same ACC that Clemson's dominated every year for the past however long. And they've always been the top four right around that. And here we are, the same ACC conference, Wake Forest, sitting there at number nine. You're okay. right, power brands. Next, next 
next take. Mississippi State is at what, 17? Uh, they are the Just only... Just to make Alabama look good? That's the first three. That's the highest rating three-loss team. Right. Uh, yeah, Charlie. I mean, we, we can go all conspiracy theory and it's all, all you want. It's all methodically done. Absolutely, Charlie. Absolutely. So they're, they're saying like, hey... We want Alabama to be in the top four. We want them to be as high as they possibly can. We want Alabama to be number two. So even if they lose to Georgia, potentially, we can still justify stinking them in. So how do we do that? Oh, yeah. Those wins that they have, well, let's mean, make them look as good as we can. It doesn't well, matter. Well, you're right. For now, it does not. It does. December. It does. But, but in a way, it kind of does because you set the stage. Cincinnati at number six, Charlie, you can't I mean, justify them jumping up yes, unless I know, everyone but loses. It doesn't actually matter because it only matters in Like December. these teams are not going in, like, yeah. Right. Like Michigan State at number three, which I think Michigan State deserves to be number. I think Michigan State you can make an argument to, to be number two. They're actually like, what is your issue? Do you have an issue with Bama being number two? Over, I don't a, under, really care because I know, quite honestly, I, know. I don't pay attention to it other than like because of this. And uh, okay, let's say if this was Georgia, and Georgia was undefeated, an undefeated Power Five team, you just beat a top well, ten team. We've been team. treated like crap consistently for well, years. Yeah, I think we should have gotten in over Oklahoma. I know we had two losses, but that was because we yeah, had to, we had to play Alabama. To we're used to getting the short yeah. end of the stick. Yeah, and that, that is also kind of funny that you know back in 2018 we got left out um, because Oklahoma was a one loss team. They won their conference title. But we lost to Bama in the, in the SC title game because we had the misfortune of having to play Bama. They got to play, I think, Baylor that year, and they got in. And now you're sitting here, and you have a you have how many one loss teams ahead of undefeated Oklahoma? You have one, two, three, four one loss teams ahead so of undefeated Oklahoma. Count. Thank you for. Counting. I am very good at counting. You, yeah, can you I'm name the teams that are ahead? With they have they have Michigan State, Ohio State. Oregon and Michigan, all one loss power five teams ahead of Michigan Oklahoma. State's not a... No, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, and Michigan are all power five one loss teams that they have ahead of an undefeated Oklahoma. Because Oklahoma skated by and they they have no good wins. They have no quality wins. I mean, go back to that thing of like, I, I'm, we have gotten bad treatment in the past. Somebody texted me yesterday because I wasn't watching the show, I was somewhere else. They were like, were you playing tennis? They were like, Georgia, yes. They were like, Georgia's ranked number two. And I was like, of course we are. You just believed it, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, that makes I, sense. Yeah, I figured that, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. But Alabama, number two. I know you don't care right now because of the first rankings and things will change. Does it, like, people, some people are outraged that Alabama is at number two. A one loss team when you've got Michigan State. I don't State. care. It doesn't matter. It only matters what Georgia does. We can only control, well, I can't. The team can only control, and the coaches can only control what they can control. Yes, but just from a general so perspective. So the way you control it is you go out and you win. Just like, yeah, I, I mean, not even from a Georgia perspective. You're right there, but like a general college football perspective. Would you, like, let's say you're an Indiana fan. Are you outraged that Alabama is number two in the country? Uh, why, we, why, why am I an Indiana fan? I'm just saying, I'm trying to pick some random team. You're a golden gopher. You're a it's Minnesota exhausting. fan. I don't care. I'll say this, because people do care, and people are worked up about this. I do. Here's my thing with Alabama. I honestly, I do think they're probably one of the two best teams in the country right now. But they do have a loss. This year is just like chaos every weekend. It's like what is happening? It's like everything. Hopefully, it doesn't affect us. Hopefully, it doesn't affect us. But I don't know. It comes down to the age old question when we do the rankings is it who you think's the best team or who is the most deserving? No, we're going to win. And then it's going to be like, oh, well, yeah, but they didn't have to play anybody all year. And then look at the teams that were in the playoffs. Like Our strength of schedule is top 25 in the country. There could have been 20 teams that could have beat 
Yeah. The teams that they played in the playoffs. I mean, people Whoever are always people people are always gonna hate. Right. There's always haters out there. I don't really have a major problem. I understand. Like, I think Michigan State. Honestly, I think they should be ranked number three because they have a top ten win and they're undefeated. I do think Alabama, if they played Michigan State, would win that game, and that's where I come down to. Like, I don't have that big of a problem. Cause I like, if you're trying to rank, because the committee has told to rank the four best teams. I think Alabama's probably one of the two best teams in the country right now. So if that's the criteria, even though they have that loss. I kind of get it, and I'm not like freaking out about it. I wouldn't be mad if Michigan State was number three. I wouldn't, but or it was number two. But I kind of get it. I know that drives people crazy. But I mean, honestly, I think they're setting it up to to get Bama in come hell or high water. As long as Bama doesn't lose somewhere between now and the SEC championship game, if they lose the SEC title game to us, I think that they get in. I think they get in. But we'll see. I don't know. A lot to play out. You're right, Charlie. First rings, it's exciting, but it doesn't really matter because. There's only been one team that's gone coast to coast as the number one team in the country, and that was Alabama last year. But all right, we do have some picks to make. I mentioned a little bit earlier, Charlie, you did win the week going five and three while I went four and four. We did have three differences last week. I picked Wisconsin over Iowa. I won that one. Uh, I also won some money on that. I had Wisconsin over 20 points, and they had, what, 26, 27 points in that game. Uh, Charlie, you won the Michigan-Michigan State matchup. You had Michigan State. I had Michigan. Although, I will say, Charlie, you have to admit, Michigan blew that game so hard. But so hard. They won. They won, and I, I mean, that's what matters in the day. They won, and I got to give you credit for that. Whatever. And then, in a terrible beat, I had SMU over Houston. And what was basically a pick game, I think it was a... A one-point line, and it was looking good. SMU was down early; they came back, but Houston had to go and return a kickoff for a touchdown with like 13 seconds left in the game to win it and give Charlie the bragging rights for the week. Did you actually see how that game played out? Did you see that kickoff return for a touchdown with like 13 seconds? No, left? I did not. That's how you won, Charlie. That's how you went five. That's how you won the week. That's how you went five and three, and I went four and four. That sucks. Again, they won. Got to give you credit. It was a toss-up game, and like. That's one of those games, like it's a toss-up game, like a, a one-point line, and it plays out exactly like that. And SMU, what are you doing? Why That guy has like now, I think he has like nine kickoff returns in his career for a touchdown. Why in God's freaking name are you kicking to him in that situation? Honestly, I mean, I picked them to win, but they deserve to lose when you do something that ridiculously stupid. So that's how I ended up going 4-4 four, four, and Charlie went 5-3. and three. So last week's results have created a tie between Charlie and myself as we both now sit at 40 and 33 overall against the spread. Charlie, you've made up like five games over the last three weeks. Is it? Is, are we just calling this a lucky streak or like is something going on here? You're kind of figuring these teams out. I don't know. I mean, you have more data. So are you actually? Ah, no, I'm lying. I don't pay attention to the data. <laughs> well, yes, you do. Don't get out. Get out of here with that. I mean, we're using, I'm going to use that term loosely. So you're calling this a lucky streak. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. At least you can admit that. But that's okay. I mean, it's I a try, hell of a lucky streak. I try to make knowledgeable picks. I mean, making picks, honestly, you look, I look at all this data, and it's data or data. You go data? I'm a data guy. Data. Data. Ugh. Data. Annoying. No, data all the way. Data? No, data. 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 All right, we need the listeners to decide us. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, guys, at glory underscore UGA. I don't know how will we decide, because they spell it the same way. Uh, just... Uh, enunci- how like, would you emphasize say, how do you the pronunciation. Data. 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 I say data. One's a long A, one's a short A. I have no clue what you're talking about. Um, data. Data is saying A. That's the long vowel sound. Yeah, I, I, I was. Yes, I get what you're saying. Are you? Yes. Do you understand? Yes, I, like, I, but I just like my mind doesn't work that way. Okay. 
data. I'm just, you asked how data. we would know. Data is, I think, factually correct. Or data. I mean, I've heard it both ways. Um, I'm going to go data. Okay. But we're, we're, we'll let the listeners we'll decide that. Later. Sorry, this is a terrible conversation. Um, anyway, yes, uh, whatever is going on, it's a hell of a, of a, of a lucky streak, if you want to call that. That's that's part of the deal here. Like, I mean, I, again, I pour over all the data and... Uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. A lot of this is just, you know, you get lucky. So, Charlie, whatever's, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it because it is working. And uh, not only did Charlie go 5-3 and three overall, she also hit on her lock and both upset specials on the week. It was a really good week for you, Charlie. So, Charlie locked up Georgia, put her faith in the dogs, and um, she had that one wrapped up by halftime with how that ended with all the momentum going to the half. She also hit on both the Michigan State and Mississippi State upsets. So Charlie is now six and four in the season with her locks and seven and three with her upset specials. I also hit on my upset special with Mississippi State over Kentucky, which brings me to nine and three on the season with upset specials. I gotta say I've been hitting on those this year, and I hit my lock of Auburn over Ole Miss, which brings me to eight and four on the season with my locks of the week. And uh, Charlie, I know I say this every week, we're the the goal is an undefeated week, an eight and zero week. With our slate, I don't know about you. I'm feeling good. I feel it. I feel you the eight no. Go I feel no? it's gonna happen. It's, we, I did it last year. I think I might have done it twice last year. But I, you went four and four last week. I was really close to not going four and four. Oh, five and three. That's not oh, okay. That's All right, not eight. SMU. No. Easily could have won that game. But they didn't. But I, I, I'm four. saying I was close, though. I'm, talk, I'm talking matter. about those games. SMU, Michigan blew the game. SMU blew the game. They both should have won those games. I was very close to a 6-2 and two week. I think I, had, I was either 6-2 and two last week or the week before. So I've been, I've been kind of hanging around there. 8-0 is the goal, Charlie. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying that's realistic, but that's it's the goal. It's not going to happen. You know what, Charlie? Challenge accepted. Okay. Challenge accepted. You We're, change some of those picks because probably what you have is not going to get you eight zero. You are a very hateful human being. Has I, anyone ever told no, you that? It's realistic. I'm not saying it's going to happen this week. I'm feeling good about this how week. How many times? Sometime you, between now and the end of the year, I'm going eight zero. How many times do you text me saying that you bet a parlay mm-hmm. and one team mm-hmm. loses always every one time? Team. Always one freaking and team. And you think you're going to go eight zero? Well, I mean, I win a lot of parlays too, though, Charlie. But when I lose, it's usually just one team that costs right. me. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready? To Eight, do no. This? Eight, no. Let's go. Are we Let's do it. Challenge accepted. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. 
Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. All right. Well, I love the first game. College football should be fun, and that is this game. You know I love Lane Kiffin and what he brings to college football. Mm-hmm. He alone is worth watching. But then you add in that former Ole Miss head coach, Hugh Freeze, is bringing Liberty to Oxford after his scandalous departure a few years ago. Scandalous departure. Yeah, and you have the most fun storyline of the weekend. What a game this is going to be. This Liberty is, fun. is a really good group of five teams, so it could easily be a competitive game with how banged up Ole Miss is currently. The Rebels are favored by 10 at home. I think Liberty could cover, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Hugh Freeze will have his players pumped up, but I'm still picking Ole Miss to cover. So it may mm-hmm. come back to bite me. Since this is uh, 11 o'clock Central Time kickoff, we'll mm-hmm. see. But I'm going to pick Ole Miss. That's, this is, honestly, Charlie, a lot of these this week, I went back and forth on. This was certainly one of them. You look at this line. Charlie, were you surprised that Ole Miss, I mean, Liberty, we're talking about, I mean, this, uh, it's an independent team, but we're going to call them a group of five team. Are you surprised that Ole Miss, a team that just a week ago only had one loss, is only a 10-point favorite at home against Liberty? Well, they're pretty banged up. That's the thing. They're certainly That's a big part of it. And um, I think what's happening is Vegas is finally catching up. They're catching up with that fact, Charlie, that Ole Miss is just a seriously banged-up football team. This is not the same Ole Miss team that we saw put up massive points against Arkansas a couple weeks back. And this game, like, let's be real, Charlie. I know that Ole Miss fans really want to beat Hugh Freeze. None of those players really have much of a relationship with Hugh Freeze. Like, I, I don't think Hugh Freeze was there for any of them. He had Matt Luke, and now you've got Lane Kiffin. So it's not like as big of a deal for them, but for the fans, it definitely is. I think for the players, this is clearly a bigger game for Liberty, right? Yes. I mean, fairly fairly clearly, it's a bigger game for Liberty. Ole Miss also just had any lingering hopes to win the SEC or to win the SEC West and play in Atlanta. They had that go out the door with that loss to Auburn, and obviously they had to have Bama lose again. But if they had to run the table. They would have. They could. They would have been in the uh, in the SEC championship game. But that's now gone with the loss at Auburn last week. You already mentioned it, Charlie. It's an 11 a.m. kick. So factor all that in here. Ole Miss banged up. It's a huge game for Liberty's program. Ole Miss just had a uh, very disappointing loss last week. It's an 11 a.m. local kick, and this has all the ingredients for a letdown, sleepwalk type game, a trap game. So there's that. But from an actual football standpoint, I think you could also say, look at this and say, man, I kind of like Liberty here. Because people associate Ole Miss with this high-powered, aggressive offense, going forward on fourth down, putting up big numbers. But with the injuries they have on offense, it just isn't the offense that you always think of when you think of Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin and Matt Crow. It's not that offense right now. They have not scored more than 31 points in over a month, guys. It's been a month since they've scored more than 31 points. And here's the thing. People think Liberty. They think Hugh Freeze. They think offense. And yeah, they they can put up points. Absolutely. But this Liberty defense is fringe top 10 nationally. Now, do they have a strong strength of schedule? No, they don't. You got to factor that in as well. But they're number 10 nationally in total defense, giving up 297 a game, number six in yards per play allowed, number 13 in scoring games, only allowing 17.8 points per game. And normally I wouldn't be too concerned about that when Ole Miss is humming on all cylinders and all their players, but they don't right now. That's got to be concerning for Ole Miss fans. And then offensively for Liberty, Malik Willis is a guy that's getting a lot of NFL love. He's good enough to put up the points necessary at quarterback to win against this Ole Miss defense, which is better than last year, but they're still not good. So I think Liberty will make this game a shootout. I think they're going to score a lot of points on Ole Miss's defense. And I'm just honestly at this point not sure that Ole Miss will be able to keep pace like you would think. 
I, I don't know, man. Like I am, I've gone back and forth. I really want to pull the trigger because this would be the biggest upset special that I picked all season, a 10-point underdog on the road. But Liberty did also lose to Louisiana Monroe, who is god-awful. That's a terrible football team. That's one of the worst teams in the FBS. They are not good. And they somehow lost that game. So Liberty's got that in them. And they lost to Syracuse too. So I don't, I don't think Liberty is as good as they were last year. But I don't know, man. There's a really good chance Matt Corral doesn't play in this game. I, we don't know that for sure. Like the uncertainty there gives me pause because if he plays, it's really hard to predict because if he plays, you got to like Ole Miss's chances because he's that good. But there's just no one around him. I mean, I don't know. I think Matt Corral will probably play. He's a warrior. I think he'll probably play if I had to guess. But even if he does, they're just so banged up. There's no one at wide receiver. Their top three wide receivers are out. The offensive line has been an issue of late. they got their starting right guard who's out for the year. And that's one of the reasons why he's so banged up. They just haven't been good on the offensive line. He's been getting a lot of pressure. So even if he plays, he might get hit and be out of the game. So I, I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm definitely taking Liberty to cover the 10. I really want to take Liberty to win outright as a massive upset special. Can I come back to this one, Charlie? No. Ah. All right. Liberty to cover. Ole Miss to win. I'm not going to call for the upset you special. You're going to call for the upset special. I'm calling for it. All right, you convinced me. Let's go. Liberty upset special. All right. Liberty to cover and upset special. How many times did you go back and forth on that? Um, at least 48. Minimum. All right. Well, next up we're going to move to the big one in College Station at 3.30 as both Auburn and A&M are still alive for a trip to Atlanta. Auburn controls its own destiny right now. If they win out, they win the West. A&M needs some help, though. They have to win out, but they also need Bama to slip up somewhere along the way, possibly Auburn in a couple of weeks. Both teams are playing their best football of the season, and you can expect this one to be a hard-fought battle with title hopes still on the line. The Aggies are coming off a bye and are favored by four and a half at... It's down to four now. Four Sorry. at Kyle Field. Yes. I'll take that. Both teams are highly motivated, but you have to remember this is Bo Nix on the road in a hostile environment. Uh, I'm going with AM to cover. Cover the four. And I really just want Auburn to lose. But that's our best win right now. Yep. I still want them to I lose. I mean, I guess we'll be number one no matter what unless we lose. So, if I, yeah. I hate Auburn too. I want Auburn to lose every game. Absolutely. Charlie, when I look at this game, there, I think there's very little separation between these two teams. I really don't think there's a ton of separation. This is going to sound blasphemous to all of you who've listened to me talk about Bo Nix over the years. Dare I say it though, Charlie? Auburn might actually be better at quarterback. Dare I say it, Auburn might be better at quarterback in this game. Maybe, but it depends on what kind of day he's having. But Zach Calzada just doesn't really have good days. He has like better than some days, but like he doesn't have good days. Home field advantage. I agree home field advantage is a big deal, but I'm talking about just quarterbacks. Auburn might be better. Bo Nix is playing a lot better right now, guys. He stabilized some of the past few weeks. He's still not good. They're finally using him in the way he should be used or allowing him to use his legs more. Again, still not very good. There was a play against Miss Ole Miss last week. I think it was in the first quarter, I want to say. Certainly in the first half. And there was a tight end running wide open for an easy touchdown in that in that first quarter. I'm pretty sure it was the first quarter. And yet, Bo Nix hits him. It was a completed pass. It was a first down. But Bo Nix threw the ball basically to, around his ankle. So the guy had to reach down, grab the ball, and he falls down on the ground. That should have been a touchdown. That's case in point why Bo Nix is not good. Yes, he completed the pass. Yes, that, you know, there's, like, oh, hey, first down, good, good play, good throw. No, terrible throw. That should have been a walk-in touchdown. You cannot do that. So he's still not very good, but he's also not killing them like he used to. 
And I, I will say that I think Zach Calzada long-term is more gifted than Bo Nix, but he is still so inconsistent right now. He can make some big-time throws, but man, they are few and far between. He just makes some head-scratching decisions sometimes. So I think Auburn might actually be better at quarterback. And outside of that, these two teams, they're, they're actually really similar. They both feature pro-style offenses, two good running backs. Neither team really beats you with the passing game. They both play good defense. a is a little bit better defensively, but there's not a massive gap. They both do a good job of stopping the run. They're 37th and 38th, respectively, in rush defense. They're just about even in turnover margin. I think AM is uh, like at zero turnover margin, like even. Auburn might be minus one, so they're just about even in turnover margin. There's a lot of similarities between this team. At the end of the day, you mentioned Charlie Homefield Advantage. When you got two teams that I think are relatively evenly matched, you look for separators. What are the separators in this game? Well, number one, it's at AM. Charlie, over 100,000 people in that stadium. They're going to be jacked up. It's a big game. It's going to be a tough environment for Auburn to go into. Half the game, and I know it's a 3.30 game, but half that game is going to be played at night at this time of year. And then you also got Bo Nix, who I do think is playing better. He stabilized a little bit, but he's still historically bad on the road. To me, those are the separators in this game. So because of that, let's go with AM to win and cover the four. I do think it'll be a relatively close game. I could be, I obviously could end up being wrong there. I think it'll be a pretty close one, but I got AM at the end of the day to, to sneak it out of there with a four plus point win. All right. Well, the Mississippi State Bulldogs are going to try to build off of their big win over Kentucky last weekend as they head to Fayetteville to take on Sam Pittman's. Razorbacks. I think this is a really interesting game with both teams entering this game 5-3, and three, but they followed different paths to get to this point. Arkansas started the season off really hot and even found themselves in the top 10 for a week, but they've cooled off since. While Mississippi State started out slower out of the gate, but they've heated up lately and now are ranked number 17 in the initial playoff rankings. Uh, despite that ranking, the Bulldogs are actually the 5-point underdog in this game. Mississippi State's coming off a high after beating Kentucky, but Arkansas is coming off a bye last week. These are two very different teams that feature different offenses. Um, it is at Arkansas, favored by five, but I'm going to go with Mississippi State as my upset special. Ooh, you kind of surprised by this line? No. I mean, Mississippi State, number 17 initial rankings, Arkansas... Come off a buying week, but a five-point. I mean, it's at home. Five-point home favorite. It's, it's interesting. It's an interesting line here. Because Mississippi State has been playing some really good football. They are, what, five and three right now, I think? Right? Yeah, they're five and three. So, I, yeah. I, I, But they could easily be like seven and one. They lost two games by four points combined. They had a game stolen from them in the Memphis game at two terrible, at least two horrific calls by SEC officials, cost them that game, and they lost to LSU by three points. They just lost that game. It was still a close game. It was when LSU was still kind of trying to play. They actually had players. But it's a really interesting matchup from a statistical perspective because both defenses are really good at stopping what the opposing offense does well. We know that Mississippi State wants to throw the football with the air raid offense, and we know that Arkansas wants to run the ball. I mean, Mississippi State is fourth nationally in rush defense. Um, they're only giving up 89 yards. Again, they're right behind Alabama in rush defense nationally. Arkansas, we know they want to run the football. And on the flip side, Arkansas is eighth nationally in pass defense, only giving up 167 yards a game. That's what their defensive scheme is built to do. And we exploited that you know, a couple weeks ago when we just ran right at them all day long and they couldn't stop it. But the thing is, Mississippi State doesn't run the ball at all. Guys, 
I'm serious. Ole Miss or Mississippi State is dead last in America in rushing attempts. They run the ball less than any other team anywhere in the country. So it's, just, it's really just an interesting kind of like statistical matchup here. Charlie, you mentioned Arkansas is coming off the bye week. I do think that's a really big deal. They're also a full yard per play better than Mississippi State. They're also 30 spots higher in points per play. They're dead even in yards per play defensively. They are at home. I This is another one, Charlie, I've gone back and forth on. I do not think Mississippi State's a bad team at all, or bad pick at all. Like My head tells me Mississippi State is probably the better team. No, they are the better team. But here's the thing. Neither team is really equipped to play left-handed on offense. Mississippi State, if you stop the passing attack, they can't run the football. They just don't do it. They won't do it. Arkansas, if you shut down their run game, they're really not all that well equipped to beat you in the passing game. But I do think Arkansas has more of a chance to beat you with the pass, playing left-handed with guys like Traylon Burks out there than Mississippi State is beating you with the run game. Because Mike Leach just simply will not run the football. He's too stubborn. He just won't do it. This is, a, I mean, honestly, I think Arkansas will win this game. It's a toss-up to me as far as I'm concerned. Five points is a lot. But I do think bye weeks are huge at this point in the season. I really do. So give me the Hogs to win this one by a touchdown. This might be a, a heart overhead pick because I do want Arkansas to win because it makes our wins look better. So yeah, whatever. Let's take a flyer in Arkansas. Mississippi State's probably going to win this game. You're probably right, Charlie. But I'm going to go Arkansas by a touchdown. Give me the Hogs to win and cover. All right. Well, next up we have a game that all Georgia fans should be watching very closely given that the Dogs will be traveling to Knoxville next weekend in a potentially tricky spot. Kentucky-Tennessee is an underrated rivalry in the SEC if you aren't a UK or UT fan. These two teams and fan bases do not like each other. It is actually a really good underrated rivalry. It is. Kentucky went to Knoxville and embarrassed Tennessee last season in a game that was the straw that broke the camel's back and got Jeremy Pruitt fired. But this is definitely not the same Tennessee team. They're much better offensively, and they're looking to head to the Bluegrass State and claim their first victory against a quality team this season. Kentucky's hopes at sneaking in the back door to Atlanta or the college football playoff were dashed last week after a disappointing road loss to Mississippi State. But they still have a chance to win 10 games for only the fourth time in school history. And doesn't his contract... Doesn't he like automatically get uh, extra... automatic extension? Yeah, yeah. I think if they, if they win, I think when they win, yeah, when double digit wins, I think digit. triggers triggers an automatic extension for him for yeah. students. Yeah. Uh, this might be the second best game of the entire day on paper, mm. with Kentucky favored by one. Uh, looks like Vegas agrees that this is just a toss up game. Yeah, this is a toss up game, and Vegas got this one right. Who you got? I got Tennessee. They they want revenge the after last year. Yeah, the Vols. I mean, the revenge factor is always a a, a factor, but is it the signing factor? Sometimes. Look, it pains me to say it, but Tennessee's playing better than Kentucky right now. That's just that's the way it is. Another one where like I want Kentucky to win games because that's probably our best win right now, and I want us to look as good as we can. Look, I know that we're number one right now. That's not going to change unless we lose. But I'm just setting up for like let's say God forbid we happen to get beat by Bam in the SEC championship game. I just as you said early, earlier, Charlie, the committee has done us no favors in the past, and I'm just like dreading the idea that we are number one going into the SEC championship game and then we lose and like, oh yeah, now Georgia's not in the top four. That shouldn't happen, but it wouldn't surprise me. We need our wins to look as good as they possibly can so that we have more ammunition to make sure that does not happen. So I don't want Kentucky, I don't want Tennessee to win, but Kentucky has reverted back to old Kentucky, guys. They have. We spent the first half of the year talking about Will Levis and how he's changed his Kentucky offense and he had for a little while. It looked like he might be the answer, but he's regressed, man. He hasn't thrown for 200 yards since mid-September. I mean, it's been a minute. And they can win a lot of games that style because their offensive line is that good. Chris Rodriguez is that good at running back. Levis gives them something in the run game as well. 
They can win a lot of games that style, but at some point, you're going to have to be able to throw the football, especially against teams that can put up points. And Tennessee is one of those teams. They can score. Lexington is a sneaky, tough place to play at night. If you've never been there at any point, especially for a night game, like Charlie, that can be a sneaky environment. That can be a sneaky, tough place yeah. to play. Like Florida saw yeah. that earlier in the year. But Tennessee has, I mean, I don't want to say they completely figured it out on offense, but Hidden Hooker at quarterback has really opened up that offense. They're scoring points right now. Tennessee's also coming off a bye, and Kentucky is good defensively, but they're not an elite defense. Cedric Tillman, Vellis Jones, Jalen Hyatt at receiver. I think they can create some big plays against this Kentucky defense. Um, now, Tennessee is not elite against the run. They're not elite stopping the run. That's what Kentucky does really well. But I do think they're going to have to hold a one-dimensional Kentucky offense relatively in check, at least enough in check. Because Kentucky, in my opinion, has just become too easy to defend right now. I think Tennessee's going to put up 30-plus points in this game. I do. They're playing well defense or offensively, coming off the bye week. I just don't think Kentucky can keep pace right now, even if it is at home. So I'm thinking Tennessee. Charlie, can we call this an upset special? Kentucky is favored by one. Sure. By definition, it's an upset special. Marking it down. It's not much of an upset special, but by definition, it is. Don't forget to mark that down for yourself as well, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. It's an upset special for you. Yeah. Because if they cover, they win. Yeah. So upset special for yeah. both of us. Got it. That's how these things work. Let me write it down. Yes, I see you're writing it down. Okay, you've written it down. Okay. What's our next game? You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Our next game is LSU Alabama. Once upon a time, the LSU Alabama game was appointment viewing every single season. It had a semi-permanent spot as CBS's lone primetime game of the season, but no more. Those days are gone, and now it's relegated to afterthought status. Bama is a 28.5-point home favorite in this game. Uh, they used to have razor-thin margins. Remember it was like 6-9 to six. Nine one year or something? Is it 9-6 or 6-3? Yeah, whatever it year that was. Yeah. extremely low scoring. I mean, the only reason this game is remotely relevant is because Alabama is number two in the country right now, and they just happen to be playing LSU this week in Tuscaloosa. LSU has no leadership, and all their best players have essentially opted out of the season, so I'm going Bama to cover. 9-6. It's 9-6 officially. Isn't that what I said? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, thank you. I remembered something. Yeah, hey, I... Miraculous. I'll consider that a win for the day. Uh, I'm not even sure how long I'll watch this one. So you got Bama? Yep. Bama principal. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on this one, Charlie, because this is going to be a bloodbath. LSU, can we just say now, is it fair to say LSU is the worst team in the SEC West? They're the worst team in the SEC West. And what, okay, so I saw a clip of Ed Orgeron 
saying that we suck. But what was he referring to? Because I didn't have time to watch the entire I Honestly, I, I heard about that. I didn't see it. Oh, okay. I hope he was just talking about like the coaching staff or something. I mean, I he's know. just he's just chilling right now. I've gotta, I got to go back and he's figure just that chilling. out. He's just chilling. Like, they're, they're the worst team in the West. If it wasn't for Vanderbilt, they'd probably be the worst team in the SEC. I guess they're still South Carolina. But they are very, very bad. They have a terrible run game. They have no passing game to speak of anymore without Keishon Boutte at receiver. Both starting corners have opted out against Alabama's passing attack, Charlie. Like, that's not going to go so well for them. I don't love the hook so much here. Twenty-eight Is it 28 and a half still or is it down to 28? Uh, I have 28 and a half. All right, all right, yeah, I got 28 and a half here in my notes as well. So I don't love that hook. Obviously, I would feel a lot better if it was 28. But I don't care, man. LSU's got nothing to play for. That program has, I mean, it's not falling apart. It's falling apart at this point, right, Charlie? Yeah. It's just, it's done. It's falling apart. I guess they'll put the pieces back together, whoever they hire. At least they'll try to. But it's falling apart at this point. And, uh, I mean, the the players, they just, they don't have the players right now to hang. Not with Alabama, on the road, at night. So, yeah, give me Alabama, principal play. To cover the 20 and a half is a lot of points, but yeah, give me Bama here. I know it's a rivalry. I don't think that matters here. So Bama, minus 20 and a half. Charlie, lock it up. Lock it up. Hold on. I got to write Lock it, it up. Lock it up. All right. Next up, the Florida Gators will be licking their wounds as they make the trip to Columbia as an 18-point favorite this weekend to take on the lifeless South Carolina Gamecocks. I don't know. Florida might be... Charlie firing shots at South Carolina. I don't think I didn't see that subtle Florida shot. Lifeless be, South Carolina. Florida might be lifeless, too. After uh, last week's loss, maybe. Florida is now 4-4 four and four on the season, and the Gator faithful are restless and possibly lifeless. And what do <laughs> they do at quarterback? Uh, the quarterback whisperer might need to whisper a little louder. Maybe they have a grad assistant. You're just firing assistant. shots everywhere. Maybe they have a grad assistant that can step in as quarterback. Um, well, uh, you know... Oh. Dan Mullen, the quarterback whisperer, has to stoop all the way down to a a water boy? I mean, if you have to, Come you on. have to. This is a prime letdown spot for the Gators after the beatdown in Jacksonville, but does South Carolina have the firepower to pull off the upset? I don't think they're going to pull off the upset. I think Florida will win, but I think South Carolina will cover. Crazy South Carolina things. is a hard place to play. Williams Bryce at night. It, they are not And, like, nice South Carolina is not good, so their fans, you think, well, their fans might not show up. Florida's still kind of a big game for them. Even though Florida's not great, like, right. they'll pr- probably show up for that game. All right. So, but also, before I let you make your pick, did you see the video comparing the pregame pep talk from Mullen versus Kirby last week? It, the, I did see the video. It wasn't from last week. It was okay, from... Okay, I don't care it was when previously, it was from. But yes. Like... Charlie, what have I been saying about Dan Mullen for years now? I'm not saying you were wrong. I was just asking if you saw oh, it. Oh, I saw it. Because I know who I would prefer to play for. And it looks yeah. pretty evident... Who anyone would want to play you, for. That video is kind of a, just a microcosm of why Dan Mullen is struggling so much to recruit. He's just a weird dude that no, like, he can't connect with his players. There's no rapport there. It's like, huh? What are you even doing, man? It's a little socially awkward. It was like a 2 o'clock meeting, at, you know, uh, for some Fortune 500 company. They're just sitting there. All right, guys, get around the the, the, uh, the old conference table here and uh, hear, hear what i got to say. That's all it was. Yeah. There's nothing. This is football, man. This is an emotional sport. What are we doing? All right, go on with your pick now. All right, so this is. Well, I mean, you know, I'm. All right, Dan Mullen. Should we kick him while he's down? I think yes. I think the answer is yes. Kick the man while he's down. If there's anyone that deserves it, it's Dan Mullen. But look, I know that we just went down to Jacksonville. We just beat Florida 34 to seven to bring their record to four and four, and their fan base is losing their collective minds right now. I think justifiably so. Dan Mullen has essentially shut down the media this week. There's all this talk swirling around the program of coaches being let go, all that speculation. 
But despite all that, the offense, like, I know it's like, it, there's a toxic environment on that program right now. Yes. And that concerns me about them coming into this game. But if you look at their offensive numbers throughout the whole year, the offense is still pretty good. They're still top 10 nationally yards per play, still number 11 in total offense. And that's after playing us last week. So like my concern with them is that their baseline as a football team is already that they don't play hard and they are extremely undisciplined, especially on defense. That's their baseline. So what's it going to look like now that their season is essentially over? You get all this negativity swirling around the program because it's not like they have a strong leader steering the ship, right? They got that dude. They got the clown prince himself. So I don't know, man. Like that, that is concerning for me. Florida's Eight, Florida, from a talent perspective, is 18 points better than South Carolina. Absolutely. But it's college football, man. And it's a lot of times it's more than just the talent. We know that. Like I would honestly, I would love to, I, to see South Carolina win this game or even make it close. I know I was talking about earlier how we need all of our wins to look as good as possible. But Florida's already 4-4. Four and four. I mean, they are what they are. And I hate Florida, man. I want them to lose. I want Dan Mullen to lose. But the problem is South Carolina just cannot score they're 13th in the SEC in scoring offense and total offense in yards per play. The only team they're better than in the SEC is Vanderbilt. What does that say about your program, at least about your offense? And they don't have the Georgia defense. South Carolina is pretty, they're okay defensively, but they don't have our defense. So if Anthony Richardson does again get a start here, if he plays a lot in this game, I expect him to look more like the version of Anthony Richardson that had the Florida fan base salivating and just begging Dan Mullen to start him. So I, I don't know. This is this is one I don't feel great about. I would not put money on this one because, I again, I do think Florida's 18 points better personnel-wise, talent-wise, but there's some toxicity in that program. I think there's a really good chance they've just given up on the season after last week. I think last week was like their one last-ditch effort to try to pull something out and, and salvage the season. Didn't go so well, and they could very easily just throw in the towel this week, especially with Dan Mullen as your head coach. I could certainly see that, but South Carolina's bad. I'm tentatively going to take Florida to obviously obviously win here and ever so tentatively cover the 18. Mm, okay. I, I hate myself for this, Charlie, but like, the Gamecocks can't score. Okay. They just can't score. I mean, they're, they're basically, Zeb Nolan was playing. He was the, the former grad assistant, but they, they even essentially benched him. So they got a third-string guy they're playing. It's just like, I don't, I don't know. They're bad on offense. All right. Well, this has been an SEC-heavy slate this week, but next we're going to take a door t- detour blah, 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 out west as number four Oregon heads to Seattle to take on Pac-12 North rival Washington. Oregon's win over Ohio State earlier in the year landed them a spot in the top four of the initial initial playoff rankings, and they are looking to further solidify their ranking with a win over Washington on Saturday. You might be wondering why this game made her slate, which is fair. It's but fair. E- but even it's random. Though Washington may only be four and four and has certainly not looked great this season, if they can find a way to upset Oregon at home. They will be in a tie for first place in the Pac-12 North with the tiebreaker over Oregon. And Jesus Christ, what does that say about the Pac-12? Oh, my God. Just JV conference. Well, it's Pac-12. Yeah. Washington can be a tough place to play, and you better believe it will be on Saturday with number four Oregon in town. Um, Oregon's favored by seven. Yep. I'm taking Washington cover. They're at home. Yeah. They want to knock Oregon out of. It's a big game. Playoff yeah. ranking. Well, they just want to get to the Pac-12 championship game. Well, that yeah. too, but, you know. It's a big game for them. Yeah. 
All right, you got Washington. And Charlie, this is one, like, I, I didn't go back and forth on this one as much as some of the other ones, but I did consider both sides of this. I think I do think Oregon deserves to be number four in the playoff rankings right now based on resume because they do have the best win of probably anybody. They have the best win with that win in the horseshoe of Ohio State. I just don't think, despite the fact they're number four, and I think you can justify that, I don't think they're a true national title contender. Do you really? Like, do you think Oregon is the team that can really win a national title this year? No. No. They're, they're not winning the national title. So there's that. They are good enough to beat just about anybody on any given day, as evidenced by that victory over Ohio State in the horseshoe. But they can also lose to, I don't say anyone, but to inferior teams which Washington certainly is. Yeah, yeah, they beat Ohio State. They also lost to a three-win Stanford team, which is not a good football team. But the problem with Washington is just the same as the problem for South Carolina right now. They can't score. They are dreadfully bad on offense. They're in the 100s nationally in scoring offense, total offense, yards to play, basically any major metric offensively. They're terrible. They've gone over 376 yards of total offense one single time all season. They've scored more than 24 points one single time all season against Pac-12 opponents. They don't throw it well. They don't run it well. Dylan Morris at quarterback is just not the answer. He is not good. I do not know how they have not benched him yet. It's crazy. The Heward kid, I don't know how he hasn't gotten in. If I was him, I know he's a Washington legacy transfer, dude. At this point, they haven't played you. They're just not going to play. I don't know what's going on there. Battle offense. But they're good on defense. They're not elite. They're good. They're top 20 in scoring defense, which means like they're usually at least in games. In six of their eight games, they, they've been one-score games. And they've won three of those. They've lost three, and they split those. So I expect that to be the case in this game. I expect them to be in the game late. I do not think Oregon will blow them out. Really, no one's blown Washington out, I guess with the exception of Michigan on the road early in the year. I think they, Michigan beat them 31-10. But other than that, all their losses have been close games. Even their wins have been close games. And Oregon is not a dominant team. Yeah, they're number four in the playoff rings. They're only plus 400 yards on the year in their, in their total yardage differential. So they're not blowing anyone out. They're not dominating people. And I'm also not a big believer in Anthony Brown at quarterback, especially uh, against this Washington defense. And, and Oregon doesn't have game changers out wide. They have better personnel than Washington, but they don't have like a bunch of game changers out there for Anthony Brown to, to distribute the ball to. I really want to pick the upset here. I really want to pick Washington, not to not just cover, but to win outright. But again, it's kind of the same thing as South Carolina. They're just bad on offense. Oregon's finally healthier on defense. I just can't trust the Washington offense to score enough points. So give me Oregon. I do think it'll be a close game. Give me Oregon with a late score to seal the game and very late with the backdoor cover of that seven. Okay. All right. Well, finally, the game at the forefront of all of our minds, your number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs are hosting the Missouri Tigers at high noon between the hedges. It's another massive line as the dogs are only favored by 38. Only a measly 38. Uh, I know a lot of fans aren't happy about the noon kick, but get there early, be loud, be proud, and be elite. My dad called me today complaining about the noon kick again. Oh, I love it. I know you're a big-time noon kick fan. I don't like it as much as you, but I certainly don't hate it like other people do. I will say the fact that we live in Athens, Charlie, makes it easier for us because we can get home and like chill out the rest of the day. People and like for us, you know, I can. I don't know about you. I, I guess you can walk. I can walk to the stadium, so right. it's easy. But for people like my dad who has to get up early and come into town, it's a pain. I understand that, but like I don't hate it. You know, some people just can't stand. They lose their minds over new kicks. I don't lose my mind over them. They can have just as much fun after the game. 
Agree, but people like to have the, the, the nice, night, oh. raucous environment. Oh, I do not. You're this, not a raucous person, No, generally. I'm not. This is potentially a trap game spot falling where it does after the emotional win over Florida, but Missouri is struggling this season. Um, that's the thing about trap games, though. You don't see them coming. Don't see them coming. The Tigers will ride into Athens 4-4 four four on the season, and they're giving up about a bazillion yards a game on the ground. Is that an official number? A bazillion? Is yep. that the, the data? Is that the data you found, you looked up? The data. The data. Data. A bazillion yards. That's a lot of yards. Yep. The data is correct. Um, I initially wrote down that Missouri would cover, because I just don't think Kirby's going to – I think there's – going to be some subbing pretty early if the score gets high and I just don't see Kirby letting this one get out of control because we do have the number one ranking we are undefeated I just and I don't think he want like he doesn't have anything to like rub and drink with Charlie you know that we're beat like our um, scoring margin is the highest team in the country I think we're outscoring our opponents by 31.8 points per game which is the highest in the country. And that's one of the reasons we've covered a lot of these big lines all year. Because you and I both, we, we see these lines like, oh, oh, I don't like that. That's scary. But we keep covering them, right? And we're beating teams pretty badly. But 38's a lot. Like, yeah. is Missouri as bad as, like, are they South Vanderbilt. Carolina level bad? Are they Vanderbilt level bad? No. I think I'm going to keep Mizzou. And if Georgia covers, fine. I, I'm okay with that. I mean, we want Georgia to cover. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> More than fine. <laughs> No, what's good for Georgia is better I mean, than it's more important than what's good for our like picks. At the end of the first quarter. Oh my God! You well, Charlie. Speaking of that, I got a stat for you. I don't know if you heard my preview episode talking about how bad Missouri is in the first quarter, how badly they're getting beat in the first quarter. But here, here's the thing, guys. Thirty-eight is a lot of points. I agree with you, Charlie. This is, but this is an exceedingly favorable matchup for us, Charlie. I've said this many times this year. Have you been paying attention? Let's see. Quiz time. Out of, a, out of 130 teams in college football in the FBS, where is Missouri ranked in rush defense? Last? They are dead last, Charlie. 130 out of 130. That's a really bad matchup for them. They're giving up 284 yards a game on the ground. Um, even Vandy, I, I mentioned this in the in the preview episode, but if you missed that, Vandy is very bad on offense. They're 106 nationally rush offense. They ran for over 250 on Missouri last week. That's how bad Missouri is stopping the run. And against SEC teams, they're giving up 335 yards a game on the ground. They've only given up less than 200 yards twice. They've never given up less than 174 yards. They've given up 340-plus two different times. They're all numbers I put on the on the, on the the preview show. But in case you missed that, I want you guys to hear that. And, Charlie, what do we do really well right now? What do we do better than anything offensively? Run the ball? We run the football. It was not like – I feel like they should have just had that answer queued up. But that's okay. Yes, we run the football. I did, but I didn't know why you were asking it because it's obvious. It was a rhetorical thing. It was. Right. It was. I was trying to bring you in here. I was trying to get you involved. Uh, you know, fine. trying to get just you involved. Talk. But uh, we're running the ball for 210 yards a game versus SEC opponents. We've run the ball 70% of the time the past four games with Stetson Bennett. I think that I told you guys on the previous episode, one of my predictions is we will see JT Daniels in this game. I don't know. I could be wrong, but that's my prediction. I think it's a really good chance. But I also think Stetson's going to start this game. He'll play the majority of the game, uh, at least until we get a big enough lead, hopefully, if that happens. But Stetson's going to start, and we're going to run the football. Why would you do anything other than run the football? It's just a horrible matchup for Missouri. And like just from a personnel standpoint, we have basically an NFL defense. I mean, if you think about it, I think you made an argument that Every single one of our stars on defense is going to play in the NFL. I think you make the argument. Maybe Chris Smith, no, but I think he'll get a shot. Like That's what we have. Like, it's like an NFL defense. They don't have those kind of players. They don't have the impact players. Tyler Beatty, for sure, 
He's really good. He's the leading rusher in the SEC. That guy is legit. He's going to play in the NFL. Maybe Connor Bazelak at times if he's at his best, but he might not even play in this game. We don't know for sure. They're being really coy about that. Late in the game, it's Vanderbilt. He kind of like, he got hit, fell, then he got up and was kind of stumbling around, grabbed his hip, and then fell back to the ground, and they took him out. And it's like, I don't know what's going on with him. We'll see there. I think there's a really good chance he might not play. But outside of those two, where are the other guys? They're just not there. To lose this game, for it to even like be kind of close, we would have to play about as bad as we could, turn the ball over five or six times, and a couple of those be like defensive touchdowns from Missouri or set up short scores for us to lose this game or for them to kind of hang it and make us sweat. But you're right, Charlie, 38 points is a lot of points against an SEC team, even one that is only one and three in conference. That lone win was a nine point, very uninspiring nine point win against Vanderbilt last week. But here's the deciding factor for me, Charlie. Against SEC teams, Missouri is being outscored 70 to 20 in the first quarter. On the flip side, we are outscoring teams 74 to 9 in the first quarter on the season. So, Charlie, you said that you hope this game's over in the first quarter. You might get your wish. Like, if those numbers hold true, this game very well could be over in the first quarter. Here's the thing. If we get up big on them in the first quarter, like basically every team that they played has done, more often than not, pretty much all these teams and what we've been doing to other teams throughout the year, if those both those trends hold true and they continue into this game, I think we, if we get up early like that, is Kirby Smart going to continue to just try to run the score up all game long? No. He's not. He's not going to do it. And plus, if JT's healthy and ready to go, I think we're going to try to work him into the game. I just think if we get out to that early lead, which I think that we're going to, I think Kirby, if you look at him historically, what does Kirby do in those situations? He'll salt the game away. He'll salt the game away. Now, if he lets the, the backups to come in, those those second string guys, those third string guys, if he lets them actually run our offense and try to score, then it could get out of hand. I just, he doesn't, genu- like generally speaking, he just doesn't do that. So I do think we're 38 points better than Missouri. Will we beat them by 38? I don't think so because of the situation. I think we're going to get an early lead, and I think we're going to salt that lead away and just try to get out of there with a win and get on to Tennessee next week. So I am also, Charlie, with you here. I'm going to take Missouri to cover, not because I expect them to like really make us sweat here. I mean, I, I'm going to knock on wood. I don't, I don't want to put any bad juju out there in the universe, but I think it's just a situational kind of thing. I think with the early lead and just based on what Kirby's done historically, I think we'll just try to run the ball and, and get out of there with a win. So I'm going to say Georgia wins very, very comfortably, but maybe Missouri the backdoor cover there to cover the 38. But um, all right, Charlie, that's it. All right, yeah, you want to do Let's recap. Let's recap it real quick. Who did you have over Oregon, Oregon, Washington? Well, Charlie, about five minutes ago, I picked Oregon. Okay, that's what I thought. Just making my It's notes. tough for you to remember that. Yep. Okay, so differences we have. I picked Ole Miss. You picked Liberty with the upset. Um, we both have Texas A&M to cover. I picked Mississippi State with an upset special. You picked Arkansas to cover the five. Uh, we both have Tennessee upsetting Kentucky. Uh, we both have Bama. You locked up Bama. I did. I have South Carolina covering. You have Florida covering the 18. I have Washington locked up to cover the seven. You have Oregon. Uh, and we both picked Mizzou. You got any bonus picks? I know you got mad at me a couple weeks ago when I threw some bonus picks out no. there. I got a just couple. Be glad I remember to lock in an you, upset you did a You did a fantastic we, job, Charlie. We, I have to be able to remember that for several weeks fantastic before I can job. add anything extra. Yeah, I mean, baby steps, baby steps. Um, all right, a couple of bonus picks here. I've got SMU minus five on the road over Memphis. I know they lost last week, but SMU is a much better team. They can put up more points. I think SMU wins by 
maybe I mean, probably double digits in that game. That line is very shocking to me, to be honest with you. Michigan State going to Purdue. I know people are saying this is a trap game. I get that. Purdue's the, the giant killer, so they say, because they, they knocked off Iowa. What we're seeing is Iowa's just not very good. I think Michigan State goes in and Purdue. They're a three-point favorite. I think they cover that spread as well. So it'll be Michigan State on the road. I think they're very well aware of what Purdue can do. I like that a lot. Here's another one that I love. It's one of these lines, Charlie. We see these every now and then. It's a line. It's like, somebody knows something. I don't know. NC State, only a two and a half point favorite on the road in Tallahassee over Florida State. That doesn't seem right. That's crazy. I know NC State's kind of come back down to earth a little bit, but Florida State, just they can't move the football. Give me NC State minus two and a half on the road. I know it's on the road, but Florida State's, no, no, that's not happening. So I like that one a lot as well. And finally, I also like Clemson. I know they're having trouble scoring, but I like Clemson minus four and a half on the road at Louisville. Louisville is kind of falling apart right now. There's some toxicity around that program. I think Clemson defensively is still really, really good. They're showing elite defense. Obviously, they're having problems offensively, but they look like they started to figure out a little bit more last week against Florida State. So give me the Tigers minus four and a half on the road at Louisville. So just a couple of bonus picks for you guys. Those are some games I'm actually putting my own money on. So just giving you guys a a little extra taste of some picks out there. But Charlie, got anything else? That's it for today. All right. That's it, guys. Thank you guys for listening to us here today on the show. We always appreciate that support. Hope you guys have an awesome football weekend. Live up each and every one of these weekends, guys. We only got a few regular season weeks left. I've been trying to avoid saying that, but it is what it is. I don't even want to think about that, but we got a few left. So enjoy this one. I know you guys don't like the noon starts, but make the most of your weekend. Charlie, I know you're a huge Braves fan. You everyone to go Braves? Go Braves? I guess. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, again, those of you who are Braves fans, congratulations on that. I like the Braves, too. I'm just not, like, a massive Major League Baseball fan. But I uh, hope you guys have a great weekend. And as always, go dog.